You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyWall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, driving down the highway, because life is a highway. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> Speaking of highway, what up, Florida man? We made it. Like I said yesterday on the pod, uh, my family, me, my wife, my dog, have moved to Daytona Beach, Florida. We have uh, just a family decision. Wanted to be near family, wife's family. I have some family here too, so this kind of made sense. Uh, we're renting a house, which is pretty awesome. We upgraded from a uh, one-bedroom tiny apartment to a three-bedroom house, which, if that tells that tells you all you need about the uh, Florida housing market. <laughs> <laughs> but also, also, like I said yesterday, if you didn't listen to yesterday's podcast, staying with Locked On Mavs, not going anywhere, I'm not going anywhere from Mavs Moneyball. You know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm still committed to Mavericks. It's like, how could I bail right now when they just got Luka Doncic? Oh, come on. You, you don't want to go to Lockdown Magic? <laughs> no. Philip Rossman and Reich, he can hold that down. I'm, I'm good. So Isaac that, and I are... That would be depressing. That, man, like, they just got rid of Shelvin Mack. Like, they just, they just turned down his option or whatever. He led them in assists last year, Isaac. Do you remember how many assists he had? Oh, my gosh. No, I don't. He had 3.9 assists. That's their assist leader on their team, and they just got oh, rid of him. Oh, I remember them tweeting that out, yeah. Oh, that was embarrassing. Yeah, so. Uh, but Isaac and I are both traveling right now. He's driving back. He's got some stuff he's doing. Uh, I'm traveling right now, so I don't have my. we don't have our normal sound equipment, so it'll sound a little bit different, but we're still bringing it. Today, we're going to be talking about DeAndre Jordan, uh, the center who shall not be named. She'll now be named again because he is, uh, Isaac, officially rumored to be in you know have interest with the Dallas Mavericks it's kind of a weird full circle that we've came and it's just I mean we've refused to talk about him and it's kind of surprising I'm not gonna lie how quick the fan base has just kind of wiped everything away and I feel like so many people is just like all right let's do it like can't wait um, it would be different for me. Like there was a lot of emotions that went into that. I know when you're looking back hindsight, and you're like, we wouldn't have Dennis and Luca now. If DeAndre did. Like, I, I, cool. Yeah, you can't play that stupid game. And I don't know. There's just there's a weird part about this of, hey, going back, it's like getting turned down by a girl and <laughs> your dude in high school, and you just like keep on coming back. It's almost like a begging thing. Yeah, but um, hey, Isaac. Hey, what? Is the girl still hot? <laughs> <laughs> was DeAndre ever hot in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's one thing we're definitely gonna have to talk about. Like, these are the, these are the factors I think, and we'll discuss all of these. Um, is he available? It definitely seems like he is, but what does that mean? So, like, the trade today with Austin Rivers and Gortat—that means something. So, yeah. like, I guess the question is, how is he available? Then another question for me is, what is the deal? So, like, is, are the Mavs going to have to trade for him? Are they giving up some assets? Are they giving up actual players to get him? And then, or would he be a free agent? So we'll talk about that. 
And then uh, just do you want him, I think, is kind of the question, too. Like, after all that stuff, is he really the same player that we, like, tried to sign, that the Mavericks tried to sign three or four years ago? And uh, the emoji gate and everything. And so we'll talk about those three. I think those are the big three questions. How is he available? What's the deal? And do you want him? Yeah. Right? So we'll talk about, yeah. we'll talk about all that stuff. Yeah. So let's start with let's start with do you want him? So all all of that stuff aside, how do you get him? Is he available? All that aside, let's say you have the chance to get him. Do you still want DeAndre Jordan? Is he worth you know being your starting center, being like your like, I guess cornerstone center? Yeah. I mean, I think it. There's a lot of variables that play into that you know that question there, and you know where on the list as far as like centers, and I think. Uh, we might talk about that more in the next couple of days as far as ranking uh, centers and who we want and stuff. But, I mean, I would I, I still want Capella over him. I think that would – and I, I might be in the minority, but I kind of would want Boogie over him. And uh, I'm still a believer of Boogie. But when you talk about would you want him, if you take his name out of the equation and history <laughs> out of the equation, his game would fit – perfectly for what Dallas is trying to do right now. And I mean, you can you just imagine the lobs that Luca would be throwing to him? Um, I mean, the list just kind of goes on like the defensive rebounding rim rolling center. That's exactly what you would want in this offense, because like I could hear the argument and I could understand it against Boogie outside the injury of saying, well, Boogie needs the ball. Like Boogie needs the ball in the post. Boogie like, you know, he wants to average, you know, close to 30 a game, something like that. I can see the argument for that of saying, how does that fit with Luca? You know, Dennis needs to score. Harrison's still there. Like, and you make the argument of, hey, the rim rolling Capella type, which is like DeAndre, you know, would fit better in this offense. And I, I, I hear that. It's just, there is a personal level to that as far as the history. But would you want him if they're, if Capella Boogie in the right price, yes, I would take it. To me, the price doesn't even matter that much. Like, if it's a two-year max deal, that's totally fine. Like, I just I think that's that's fine in where it is. If you're talking a four-year, you know, max contract oh, here, that's oh no. that's where I'm starting to look at it and say I don't know if that's even worth it for the Mavericks. Like, I, I just don't even think because he's he's going to turn 30 this summer. He's going to turn 30 July 21st. So potentially, like twenty days after he signed him, he could be, you know, he could be thirty years old, and he's a guy that just he relies on his athleticism a lot. Like he, you know, just always been that springy kind of guy, Lob City. He, you know, jumps super high. He, he gets rebounds that way, and uh, and you wonder like, at what age does that athleticism just completely fall out from under him? Because that's what it seems like it happens for these big centers. You have to either completely change your game and become like a low post kind of guy that can be flat footed, like Dirk has kind of learned how to do, and you know other guys like that, or you just completely lose it. Like you know, you, like you don't have anything. If you if you lose your athleticism, then all of a sudden you can't get the same get the board like you used. To. You can't get that extra inch to get a board or that extra you know half inch to get a block. You know, and we've seen his block rate go down. Last year he didn't even average a, a whole block a game. <laughs> In, uh, in in 31 minutes, so and he's never been a huge blocks guy. Like his biggest year, as I'm looking at it, it was 2013-14. Uh, he was two and a half blocks a game, and then it just has kind of gone down since then. 
Uh, it was like one and a half two years ago, and he was a, when he was an all star. I mean, he was an all star, you know, two years ago, <laughs> or like not last season, but the season before. And then to, to not even average a block a game last year, I don't know. That, the block's not the hugest, the biggest number, but if you're talking about it, this is the one guy, this is the guy we're bringing in to be that one rim protector. That's yeah. kind of that's kind of that's that's alarming. I mean, it perks my ears up. No, you're, I mean, you're right, because especially a springy guy like that, like, if you're telling me Boogie Cousins it has those numbers, I kind of get it. Like, okay, you know, he's not as springy, more offensive-based, stuff like that. He's maybe but going like, out on the perimeter a couple, you know, here and there. Yeah, but, like, a DeAndre, I mean, you want to see, a, you know, two blocks a game from that. He, yeah. Which, in that, I mean, his reputation at this point and the fact that he was kind of the only thing on that you know, Clippers team down the stretch after after Blake was gone. And he's kind of the only thing defensively for them for a while. You know, you're playing like Lou Williams and Tia Dosich and, you know, Gallo, guys like that. Like, if he's your only thing, then you're probably getting a lot of jump shots on that team and not, and not a ton of guys like just dr- straight up driving to the rim, you know? Yeah, I mean, completely. And, I mean, going back to like, it would, like, what, and probably your second question of like what it would cost to get him. You know, there's a bunch of different routes, I guess, if you say, how could DeAndre Jordan get to Dallas? Probably a bunch of different routes that could happen, whether it's trade and this, you know, his deadline's coming up this Friday when he should opt in or not. And it kind of varies for me of how excited or how happy I would be with it, with him being in Dallas. The happiest I would be is him opting in and we do the trade of, like, Wes Matthews and Dwight Powell for him. Because that then that would allow that would allow us two things. That would allow us to keep money for the summer, and then we could go out and spend it however we want. And then two, that would give us a clean slate next summer of saying, you know what, if it just completely bombs with DeAndre, we still he's still an expiring contract. So, like I would, that's what I would be. It's unclear like if the Clippers traded him, what they would want for him. And, you know, you could ask yourself, like, what would benefit the Clippers by making a Dwight Powell, West Matthews swap? And I would, I would understand that. But where I would get kind of what you alluded to earlier, where I would get a little bit less happy is if he opts for free agency and then we play the whole charades thing again and, you know, we sign him to like a three- or four-year deal. And, I mean, I would understand it, but I wouldn't be as happy. Yeah, so let's get into what kind of de- what kind of deal it's gonna be. What kind of deal we uh, you know would be happy with, like what where we think that's gonna go. But let's take a real quick break first. Okay, Isaac. So, what kind of deal would you be most excited for? You said doing the doing the trade. Now, for me, I don't think that the trade to me is the best route. Uh, because yes, you, you keep your money for this summer, but what else are you gonna do with that money? Like what names pop up to your head that say, Okay, we just got rid of Wes Matthews, we just got rid of Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell's are probably the best third big, you know, on this team. Then you have, you know, Wes who's your starting two and a you know, defensive anchor kind of guy. And if you have Wes, DeAndre, and Harrison Barnes, that's the makings of a pretty good defense. Uh, but then yeah, also but you can take that I don't out. Think, I just don't think Wes starts. I mean, I just don't think Wes is in the plans and that I mean, that, that's just my opinion. It's kind of difficult for me to, like, share my opinions while still, like, doing, like, team stuff. But, like, I just don't – like, I don't understand people throwing Harrison out as just the starting four and acting like that's locked in. 
I think there's still a really good chance that the starting four and starting five are not on the roster right now. Like, I think that that's, there's a decent chance of that. Um, but, like, with if you make that trade, like, you trade Wes Matthews, that opens up Luka to play the two. And I sort of like that. That allows Harrison to stay at the three. Then you play around with the four. If you go out and get a center, you know, you could – can't believe I'm saying this, but, like, you could start Dwight Powell with the center and bring Dirk off the bench if that's the plan. Or no matter who you go out and get via trade or free agency, you could start Dirk with them. So I like the trade route because there's a scenario, and you, you say, what would you spend your money on? Well, if the Lakers do their whole thing with LeBron and all this stuff, they're just going to have to let Julius Randle walk. So I would take Julius Randle for $15 million a year. Sign me up. Like, if you're telling me I could trade Wes Matthews and Dwight Powell for DeAndre Jordan and then turn around and sign, like, Julius Randle for, like, $15 million, that, I mean, we won 28 games last year. Sign me up for that. We can't, we're not in Warriors mode to where we, you know, we have a puzzle and we're trying to fit all the little puzzle pieces exactly together. Let's get weapons and then figure it out. Yeah, Randall and, and Jordan is an interesting front court. Y- your shooting is completely lacking in that sense. You, you no longer have like your five out kind of thing that you would love for Dennis to have the space and for Luca to have, you know, both of those dudes have the space. Like that's that's what you'd be lacking in that lineup, and everybody knows how I feel about Julius Randle. Uh, yeah, but you don't have to play them together all the time, though. I mean, you could stagger Julius and Dirk. You could put Julius at the you know small ball five. You can. I mean, no one's saying you have to be married to the DeAndre Julius front court. But if you're talking about if it's like fifteen million dollars a year, I mean, Dwight Powell makes ten million dollars now. So like, there are, you know, what if you go out? What if you you know go out and get Aaron Gordon? I mean, in Orlando's like, man, I don't know if we want to max him now because we literally have, you know, 12 out of our 15 players on the roster with a 7, 15,000-foot wingspan. And, I mean, that's it. I would rather have money to play with than the other way around. No, no, it's true. You, you'd rather have it than not. But, you know, to, to do the trade, I feel like you're putting all your eggs kind of in, one, in the free agent basket. Um, there is there a chance that like okay this is this is the probably the most optimal option if DeAndre Jordan is involved. You, <laughs> I feel so dumb for even saying this. You you do the you do the trade for DeAndre for DeAndre. Then all of a sudden the team looks pretty enticing, and Paul George decides he doesn't want to go Stop to it, LA man. anymore, and he comes no. to he comes to the Mavs. I mean, I'm, I'm a big optimist, but, I mean, no. I mean, if, like, here's the thing. If he wants to win, and he would just stay in OKC. If he wants the L.A. lifestyle, then, I mean, I know Mavs fans are like, hey, we could be better in OKC. I hear that. I do, but I'm also a huge believer in Luka, and I want this offense to be built around Luka Doncic, so... Yeah, and slow down about that, Mavs fans. You're still going to have a rookie, you know, <laughs> rookie in Luka, and a, who's going to be a little bit more ready than a normal rookie, but you're also going to still have a second-year point guard in Dennis Wood Jr. I mean, you're, you're not, like, yeah. the team's not winning 50 games next year unless they add, like, this Paul George scenario. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's that's just my thing with – it's just, like, who's going to be your starting four? And 
if the, if the center thing, like I feel like the starting fours out there in free agency are kind of just got getting looked over as far as from Mavs fans. Um, yeah, okay, we just need a center. And like I was saying a while ago, it's just like we're already penciling in Harrison as the four. And I just say slow down on that. Like I, they love Harrison Barnes at the three, and Barnes loves playing the three. And that, like, there is a reason behind that. Whether you want to try to put Luka Doncic at at the four all the time, I don't think that's their plan. I think it would be something that they like roll out there to throw teams off because offensively, good luck. But I just I think there there definitely some moves that's going to happen, and whether you sign, I would just prefer the trade route for DeAndre because that gives you the option also to cut bait in a year. Mar- marrying De- DeAndre for you know three or four years that scares me a little bit. Especially since he's already left us left him at the altar once. <laughs> exactly, and like you know, yeah, I perfect you analogy. Trade, I sent you a trade yesterday of saying, okay, you know, if, if I'm the Clippers, you know, I want to shed, I want to shed some more money also, and you know, Milos Teodosic, you know, I think he picked up his player option. So like, if you say, hey, I, you got to take Milos also, and but Dallas is like, hey, we don't need Milos, we have a thousand guards. And then they ship him somewhere to a third team like Orlando or something that needs a point guard. And you bring back like a Jonathan Simmons or even like a Terrence Ross. So when you know at that point, you can if this happens before July first, you can go ahead and put Nerlens Noel in the deal also. And there's just I definitely prefer the trade route. It's just after that, if he hits free agency, I get a little bit more scared. Then I'm all about signing Clint Capella to the max and testing Houston on that and so forth but it's just wild that we're here that we could honestly have DeAndre Jordan next year after ever all the crap that went down (laughs) let's talk about the crap that went down uh does that how much does that play into anything for fans which we're seeing they're kind of warming up to it and then the front office what does that like how does that matter for them or does it um I think it does a little bit I mean there's crap that happens all the time, especially behind behind the scenes that people just don't know about. But like, it's just how everything went down, and that he pretty much admitted to everything that happened. I mean, there's no way around it. You know, everything was getting reported. It'd be different if it was just like say so, or if it was just like rumors of what happened. But like, I mean, what happened? What happened? And can you imagine? I mean, just think about it. Just think about if DeAndre Jordan is a Maverick next year. Think about media day. Every question in the world is going to be about him. I mean, is he ready for that? Is he ready for answering these questions? How is the fan base going to react on, like, night one? Like, we've booed him for, like, how many years now? Ever since this decision. And how, like, what's the fans going to do? Just cheer like nothing ever happened? And it's just the whole situation is wild. But I think the front office would put it aside for sure. Um, for the right price. I don't think that they would be knocking at his door begging for a four-year. <laughs> I don't think that that would, that would be happening. But if I'm DeAndre, I need Dallas now more than Dallas needs me. So, Ooh, it's, a bomba, I, it's a bomba situation. Look what happened to him. He's on the magic now. I feel so bad for him. Stop. They, they got to get a point. That, so, so I think that the – the, the uh, anti-decision matters. I think that 
it showed some immaturity on his side. And I don't know like what kind of trust issues would go. Like if the Mavericks were in a situation where they had to trust DeAndre's word again, you know, like they're putting some stuff on the line. Cause in the, in these free agent situations, you always have somebody with something on the line where it's like, we're extending an offer to you. And so now that money is tied up and we can't go get other, other guys. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden those guys get signed up. DeAndre then decides to go back to the Clippers and, or doesn't demand the trade anymore or whatever. And then all of a sudden the Mavericks are out another option and they're just completely left. Like, you know what I mean? Like I think yeah. that, that stuff matters because these, these trade talks, these free agency negotiations, their trust is so big in, in them uh, in any kind of you know, deal. It's the, it's the art of the deal. Really, Isaac. I mean, it's the art of it. It's the art of it. Um, <laughs> I think it, you know, I think like, it matters, but the, the fan base, I feel like the, the people on Twitter have talked themselves into it. Like the Mavs on Twitter, but I feel like the Mavs fans on Twitter are only like, I don't know, 10% of the fan base. And I feel like the majority of the Mavericks fan base, the people that actually go to games that like, you know, kind of pay attention, but don't really like those kind of people, this would be really weird. And I don't know if they would like it. And they boo him every time he gets the ball, literally every time he gets the ball. Man, I don't know if if he would be able to give that up. They would have to, I mean, they're going to have to sit down. Like if that happened, they would have to sit down and just like, map out a PR plan for him and just of how how he's going to he he would have to have a press conference and just address it out completely and just admit some things approach it how you know pretty much sum up of hey I thought that was the best decision for me back then I wish I could have did you know a different way you know that was unprofessional blah 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 but this is where I want to be now something along those lines and because, I mean, it's just going to continue. It's going to be continually asked throughout, I mean, the first part of the season. And, and especially, suck, suck that up. And you see this as a media person. You see the questions players get asked. Because if you're at every single thing, like, you're at more practices than me. But, like, when you see a player just get asked the same question over and over again because a new media person comes in or a national reporter comes in and asks the same questions that the local guys have been asking the entire year. Like, this question just gets asked over and over again. It could be something simple like, you know, what's it like playing with Dirk? You know, I bet Dennis got that question a thousand times last year, you know, by by everybody at All-Star Weekend, at, you know, dunk contest stuff, at everything. And there's all these, you know, people that just come out of the woodwork and – then uh, this is gonna just happen with DeAndre everywhere he goes. He would have to really embrace it. It would. He would. They would also. I feel like there's a good marketing strategy that can help kind of shoulder the burden of this, like like PR wise. You know what I mean? Like they could do some yeah. stuff with like him sitting in a chair in front of a door, you know, or just like him opening the door and like letting Mark Cuban in or something like a dumb commercial that would just be oh, yeah. funny and kind of put it past them. Like if, as long as they address it, you know, if they just, if they don't address it and they just like let it be, you know, and just, it would just be very weird. Yeah. And it helps that there's a bunch of other surrounding storylines. Also, it helps that this will be Luka Doncic's, you know, big rookie campaign. This is probably Dirk's last year. Dennis his second year and all this stuff to where if this happened you know if we didn't get Luca and you know Dirk had already retired or something like it would be a much bigger spotlight on it to where I'm not saying if it happened he would just fly underneath the radar that wouldn't happen at all but it wouldn't be as scrutinized and spotlighted if that makes sense what would be the best way to do this and it would never happen but 
if so they sign DeAndre, let's say the fan base freaks out. Like just all of a sudden everybody is up in arms about it. They're you know, t- season tickets people are being called and you know stuff like that. Dirk all of a sudden announces this is his last year. Everyone forgets about it at that point. Just it, oh no my one, gosh. It, DeAndre becomes then like the third or fourth storyline. Like he would be he would be the last segment of our podcast instead of the first. You know what I mean? Like that's that true. Be, and then also if you think about it realistically, the threat of this season being Dirk's last season, Luka Doncic probably being the rookie of the year, Dennis Smith Jr. having you know like let's say he takes a leap next year and he's just you know so much better, uh, like and yeah they're like there's always Mark Cuban stuff like DeAndre could be the third or fourth storyline of this team by the end of the season you know like where he's he's at this point just not even a, like a story anymore you know there, there's enough interesting things if this was two years ago where. Uh, the Mavericks just didn't have anything, then it would be a lot bigger. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, exactly. I mean, that's the case. And it would it would just be kind of another storyline. I mean, it would be huge at first, but once the season got along, it would just be another storyline. You know, something that I found interesting, and you tell me what you thought about this, Eddie Sefko tweeted out uh, today that the Mavericks have extended the qualified offers to Doug McDermott, Yogi Ferrell, and Salah Mezri. So they could have just renounced them. They could have just said, no, and we just want to go into the summer with, which they still could. I mean, they still, like, they don't have to sign them. They don't have to, you know, whatever. But, like, does that signal to you that, hey, we're going to go the trade route for our starting big man? And that way, if we go the trade route – and get, let's say, DeAndre, let's say they do do a deal centered around like West Matthews or something, then they still have the cap holds, they still have the rights and stuff to where they could bring back all of them, you know, whether it's, you know, Doug, Yogi, whatever. What do you think about that? Yeah, I thought it was interesting, um, especially Salah. I just felt like Salah was really on his way out towards the end there. Um, but the qualifying offer or just extending it makes them restricted. So it makes them, the Mavericks are in control. So to me, it's that, that says they're doing, if they're extending that to all these guys, then to me, that says, if we strike out, we want to at least have some of our guys that we like the option to be able to come back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like at least we have, you know, let's say we don't get, they don't get DeAndre or any of these guys, or we don't get, you know, like, or I don't know, whoever they, they're going after. Yeah, and they can, and they can always go back and re- they can always go back and renounce it. It's kind of like what Sacramento did with Seth Curry, as far as you know, like when Sacramento went to take a different route, they just renounced Seth Curry's rights, and then Dallas jumped on it and signed him to a cheap deal. And I mean, I get the Yogi Ferrell talk, but you can only have so many guys under six foot three, all right? And yet, listen. It makes sense to bring Yogi back if they trade Wes Matthews for a big man. So, like, that's the scenario in which. Then Yogi becomes well, a full-time two then, right? Is he going to be a one behind Dennis, J.J., and Brunson? I don't think Yogi wants to come back and be a fourth guard. Ah, Mavericks love Jalen Brunson. And I. I just yeah, but don't forget Brunson. what Yogi's done. The way he like last year, he was almost exclusively a two. Uh, I agree. Like, I, I like that for sure. I mean, I, I love Yogi Ferrell for sure. But if it meant 
I mean, but you're also talking. It's like we've joked around before. If Yogi's you're starting two next year, there's something wrong with your season. So like, who would you <laughs> who would you rather have as your third point guard off the bench, Yogi Ferrell on a brand new bigger contract or your rookie Jalen Brunson? I want Jalen Brunson, and it's no slight to Ferrell. It's just he's going to be a third point guard, and I don't want my third point guard on this brand new big contract behind JJ and Dennis. Yeah. I think I, st- I, think I still want Yogi. Okay. I'm down with Yogi. And, I mean, they're going to bring Devin back. I mean, I love how, like, that's somehow became news over the past couple of days. I mean, we just – I mean, Nick and I have just been joking around about it forever that of all the tea leaves that's laid it out. But then all of a sudden now it's like, oh, my gosh, we're bringing Devin back. I'm it's like, not even what? a tea leaf. It's like it's just straight up somebody wrote on the ground, like in, in writing, like in chalk, that he's coming back to the Mavericks. Like he showed up at a Mavs draft party last weekend. <laughs> and Donnie Nelson like specifically referenced him in like the press conference after the draft of talking about like Brunson battling with JJ Bray and Devin and like all stuff was like, um, did he just say Devin? Um but yeah, I mean it's it's gonna get these next man, these next couple of days are gonna be wild and it's gonna be a fun ride to see what happens before Sunday to see if Dallas makes a trade because that's the thing that I think would just ignite the fan base even more is if they made a trade and got a big, whether it's a DeAndre or it's a, another you know center or whoever it is, and they still have cap room to play with starting on Sunday, that that's where it gets really interesting. And yeah, I, I just know if you're asking me right now, is Wes, Wesley Matthews on the team at, on day one? I say no, and I think he will be traded either before or during free agency or at some point. But that's just me. That's just me taking a guess. Uh, The last thing let's talk about, we'll take a pretty late break here. Uh, Let's talk about how this Austin Rivers for Marcin Gortat trade affects all this DeAndre stuff because Marcin Gortat's at least the average starting center and now all all of a sudden he's on the Clippers uh, and Doc Rivers' son got traded. So let's talk about that in just one second. All right, last thing we want to get to is the the trade, the Magic and they're not the Magic, the Wizard, the Magic of the Wizards, the Math, the Wizards and the Clippers traded uh, just straight up player for player, which is kind of weird in the NBA. It's it's odd that just one player gets traded for one player with no picks or anything else attached to it. Uh, Austin Rivers for Marcin Gortat. These are both guys that are on expiring deals now. They're going to be free agents next summer. Gortat has been increasingly upset with. John Wall and not even subtweeting, just straight up calling him out, like in pressers and you know things like that, just uh, just coming out at him. And so they needed to, to figure that out, and so they got rid of him. They added Austin Rivers, which is a kind of not, kind of a nice pickup for them um, because in, with the Clippers he was like their their guard, you know, like their two guard. He was their you know their guy, and then all of a sudden um, now he's the like the third guard, which is an awesome role, I think, for him. I think that that's just completely optimizing for him. Uh, but then now for Gortat, he's going to a team that has DeAndre Jordan, and he has this option that he's either going to pick up or uh, he's probably he's probably going to pick it up um, and either get traded or be on the way out. So 
Man, Isaac, what do you think this means for DeAndre Jordan and especially for the Mavericks? It's Well, the trade literally just happened probably like an hour or two ago. I was at like a work event. So I literally just – I just found out about it about 30 minutes ago. So I'm still trying to like really think it through. Off the top of my head, I think both – I think it's a great trade for both teams, especially like you said for Rivers and Washington, for – the Clippers, I mean, you just have to ask yourselves of, okay, well, if we're going to lose DeAndre, then we need a stopgap center, and Gortat fits that perfectly. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, unless they turned around and said, hey, can we flip him and then try to, like, compete some? I mean, I don't know. But, uh, but I would say it's the other way. I, I think this spells the end of DeAndre in, in Los Angeles. It's just now that – you know, we're recording this on a Tuesday, so now you just have to ask yourself, does this, does this mean he gets traded before the deadline? He has his deadline. I know we mentioned earlier in the pod, but, like, DeAndre Jordan has the Friday deadline, the 29th, to, to you know, to accept or, you know, go however I'm looking for the right word. What's the right word for his option? Accept it? No. Pick it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was looking for. I was drawing a blank. Yeah, I mean, he has that yeah, choice before Friday. So I think it's going to get – I mean, well, there's a handful of players that have this choice before Friday. So it's it's like the calm before the storm. We get like Christmas Eve, you know, for Friday, and then free agency starts on Sunday. But everything's going to be coming out before, and it's just going to get crazy really quick. But, yeah, I think this spells the end of DeAndre in, in Los Angeles. Now it's just a matter of do the Clippers try to get something for him if anything, or do they just, you know, if he declines it, just let him walk. Yeah. Uh, if this is like Christmas, then this Rivers for Gortat trade is like the one gift that you're allowed to open on Christmas Eve. Did your family do that? Oh, yeah. I did that exact thing. Yeah, you get the, that one gift, but then you open it, and it's like pants, and you're like, dang it, I picked the wrong one. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, can I get another one? And Dad's like, no. No. <laughs> Crap. Santa comes tomorrow. Coming <laughs> There are gifts here now, though. So, uh, so there you go. That's what we think about DeAndre Jordan. Um, man, so so much has changed over the last three or four years. So much has changed on both sides. It's funny for DeAndre when you think about it that all all of these guys who made him stay are all gone, and he's the one that's left. It's kind of funny when you really think about that, and then it's kind of funny – when you think in the grand scheme of things, okay, the Clippers did that because they were in win-now mode. They won absolutely jack crap nothing, and now the Mavericks have a brighter future than them. So that's kind of funny, uh, looking back, you know, over in three-year span. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it just gets, it, for me personally, it's not just a clean slate. And I know for a lot of Mavs fans, it is. It's just like, hey, DeAndre's a great player. Let's just bring him back. If we can get him, this is going to be awesome. I get that. And I admit to you, like... A- we have to watch what we say. We can't say bring him back. I see a lot of people saying that, and it's not true. You just can't you can't bring a guy back that would never was. <laughs> that's, that's very true. And so, yeah, I mean, it just... There's a little bit more to that. Just a, Just how he went about things and just turning you down and going back on his word and all that stuff. It's just, 
that just rubs you the wrong way. Like you almost like there's a part of me that says anybody but him. Like I don't want somebody that did that to to me in the past. Anybody but him. And but then there's a side of me too that says Isaac, if you took his name and history with the franchise off the table and just looked at his like age, his game, his everything, would you want him? And I said absolutely, I would want him. I think he fits perfect. Um, but that's just that's inside of that's inside the brain of Isaac right there. So. That's the inside the brain of Isaac, inside the brain of myself. I I would go for it, but it, has, it depends on kind of deal. Like I said, if it's a two-year deal, like let's say he opts out and uh, let's see, he, t- he declines his option, the Mavs decide to just sign him straight up. Anything longer than a two, two-year deal, I'm wary of. Uh, if they do the trade, op- if they go the trade route, and then it just depends on what you're going to use that other money for. Like who are their other targets? Are they Are they feasible targets? Here's my question with you on that. What do you lose if you do the trade route? What do you lose? Well, you you lose a year of West, where you would have West and DeAndre, which I think is better than you know, like like the, those options we were talking about earlier, where Yogi is like your starting two. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, then you okay. just gutted like your your two guard. Whereas West is on some of the last years of him being a, a you know quality you know, two guard, like defensive three and D kind of guy. And he'd be perfect. Like he'd just be fit so well with, you have DeAndre as your rebounder. And the dude can still rebound. I mean, his rebound percentage is, is up where his, his block percentage oh, yeah. is down. His rebound percentage has gone up uh, and, and offensive rebounds too. He still offensive rebounds. So that's up. And then you have these two, you have uh, these two young like playmakers in Luca and Dennis that are both like defensive inefficient <laughs> And then you have these two wings in Barnes and Matthews that are, are good defensive players. You know, then then all of a sudden you, you get rid of West, then you're like, oh, now we're turning to either these two small guard lineups and Yogi and JJ or Devin or you know one of these guys. So I think that's what you lose. It would be obviously it's a short term loss because he's a, he's going to be expiring anyway. But yeah, so like that that's my if you if you had to pick two options. Would you rather have Wes gone in DeAndre for one year or Wes stay in DeAndre for three years? Uh, I'd probably pick the first one. I'd probably pick DeAndre with no Wes. Yes, that's and that's why I'm on the trade route. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Unless the third year of that deal is like some kind of team option or, you know, restricted or, you know, or I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I see that for sure. So there you go. That's what we think about DeAndre Jordan. Tell us what you think. And we're also doing a iTunes review mailbag. So go to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. We will answer every single question. Every five-star review question we will we will answer. To ask us questions about DeAndre. Uh, ask us questions about uh, our lives. We'll answer anything. Uh, I was listening to – this was inspired, by the way, by Locked on Lakers. They do this. Uh, and I was talking to Harrison Fagan when he did it. He got it from somebody else. I can't remember who they got it from. But um, – and they, today I was listening, and Anthony Irwin got a question about like what's his favorite food in the uh, in Staples Center, which I thought was a, a pretty interesting question. Uh, so just ask like you know interesting questions like that, or about free agency, or about the draft, or about the off season. There's so much stuff to talk about, so much Mavs. It's super exciting now. So guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs, and get in your five star review questions on iTunes. And guys, we are all hands on deck these next week. This next week, so. Stay tuned to Locked On Mavs. We'll probably, hopefully, drop an emergency pod or something that happens 
we're going to be all over it and we're just as excited as you are so can't wait holler at us on twitter don't hate on us but holler at us on twitter peace let's, out let's go boom